Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so excited to have you tuning in for these few moments in time. And if this is your first opportunity listening to this episode ever in life, I most certainly want to welcome you. And on today's show, I want to talk about the power of hope. This is a teaching podcast, so go grab your Bible, something to write with, and take some copious notes because I promise you, I'm going to give you something that most certainly can change your life. Let's define this word called hope. Everybody's talking about it, the audacity of hope. Let's define hope and find out what this really means. It's actually a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Not just anything, but a certain thing that you want to happen in your life. And it's a feeling And we've got to get into the feeling of what we expect. And I believe when we get into the feeling of what we expect before it happens, it's that hope that's going to keep you alive and encourage you until the manifestation comes to pass. Look at what Job says in chapter 14, starting at verse 7 through 9. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, verse 9, yet through the scent of water it will bud again and bring forth bowls like a plant. I'm going to read verse 9 again. Yet through the scent of water, underscore that, the scent of water, it will bud again and bring forth bowls like a plant. Now you've seen plants cut down, trees cut down, bushes cut down. And if you don't know anything about any of this, you would think that it's dead. It's never going to come to life. But there's something profound underneath the soil that's keeping it alive. And that's the root system. As long as that root system is not gone, that tree, that bush, that plant is still alive. Watch this. And the tree knows that. The person looking at it thinks it's gone. But I'm telling you, the scripture says, at the scent of water, as soon as water hits that root system, it's going to come back alive again and spring forth. What I want to tell you is, I don't care how bad your situation is, and it may be bad, it may be like I'm never going to bounce back from this ever again, but I want to minister some hope to you. As long as that root system down in your spirit is still alive about the thing that you're believing God is going to do for you at the sin of water, at the mentioning of his word, the encouragement that's coming from somebody else like water hitting your spirit, I want you to know that you can bounce back from any sickness, disease, trial, tribulation, persecution. Somebody broke your heart. It doesn't matter from A to Z. I want to tell you, as long as you've got hope that things will get better, I want to tell you it will. Let me give you five reasons why you need to keep hope alive. Here's point number one. God in you has the real solutions 
to your problem. I'm going to say that again. God in you has the real solutions to your problem. You've asked everyone else, but here's my question. Have you really asked God? Have you really sought God in you about how to fix this situation and give you the hope and the direction that you need? Many times we ask people and they don't even have any hope for their situation. If they don't have hope for their situation, generally they can't give you hope for yours. And what I want you to know, if you can't find anybody to encourage you, if you can't find anybody to give you some kind of hope that your situation is going to turn around, God just sent me by to tell you, do you know that God is in you and he will give you hope for your situation? Because only God really can help you peel back the scales from your eyes so that you can see it his way. Our perception is off. And as the old saying goes, perception is reality. So if that's true, then we need to get another perception of our situation, another viewpoint, another vantage point of what's going on. And only God can give us that. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, there hath no temptation that has taken you, but such as common to man, but God is faithful. Underscore that again, first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That's why you need some hope today, because God is saying, I don't care what you suffering with, what the temptation is. God says, I'm going to use the same temptation and provide a way for you to get out of it. Some of you right now, you just want to get out of certain things because it's really weighing you down. God says, I'm not going to put anything on you that you can't bear because if that's the case, then you won't find me. So God is saying today, I want you to hear me. God is saying through me to you to encourage you and to help you understand that God is going to provide the way through what you're going through right now. There's a door that you have not seen, but God's going to open up a door, open up a window, open up an access place so that you can get out of it, that ye may be able to bear, that you may be able to live again, that you may be able to see it the way that God wants you to see it. I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is up to something good in your life. As a matter of fact, I want you to say that God is up to something good in my life. Come on, say it again. God is up to something good in my life. Point number two, God's grace is sufficient for every need. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verses 6 through 9, because this scripture blesses me every time I hear it. It says, for though I would desire to glory, Paul is saying, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Verse 7, and least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, 
lest I should be exalted above measure. So we see what's going on here. Verse number eight says, for this thing I besought the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times that it may depart from me. Verse nine, and he saith unto me, catch this, my grace is sufficient for thee. I want you to underscore that in your Bibles if you have it. My grace is sufficient for thee. Watch this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul had a revelation that helped him understand his situation. And that's what we need. And this is why we got to have hope, y'all, because God wants to give you a revelation of your situation. Paul felt like I can't handle anymore. I want to get up out of this because, you know, this is just a tough situation. And he besought the Lord three times and the Lord gave him just a phrase. I want you to know God can just give you a sentence, a word that'll change your life. And it's so powerful because it'll mean something to you. God just don't give canned messages. He just don't give reruns. That's what people do. God knows that fresh revelational word he needs to give to you to give you some hope. And in Paul's situation, this is what he needed to hear. God said, my grace is enough. That's all you need. My grace is sufficient for you. And here's why. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So watch this. We can't even be a candidate to get strength unless we're weak. And we can't really get what we need unless we admit that we are weak. Most people don't admit that they're weak. They won't say that they're weak because weakness it's not a good thing to say. It's not a good thing to articulate. Even in the sports world, people don't want to say they're weak because their opponent will pounce on them. They'll beat them up. But I want you to know the kingdom of God and what his word says is different. When we say that we are weak, that's when we can get some strength. So as long as you're walking around here trying to be strong for everybody else, as long as you're walking around here saying, all is well, but on the inside, you're breaking, you're crumbling. You want to throw in the towel. You can't get what you need. And Paul got to the end of his rope and the Lord ministered to him and said, hey, Paul, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. You don't need to do no sit-ups, no push-ups or none of that. All you need is a good dose of, of grace. You need a good dose of grace and it is sufficient. It is enough. If you take this grace and put it in your life, it will give you power. It will give you empowerment. It will give you hope so that you can see this the way that I want to show it to you. I want to encourage you today. All you need is some grace. Point number three, God is able to do more than we ask or imagine. Once again, God is able to do more than what we ask or imagine. And this is why you need to cheer up because God is able. As a matter of fact, say that God is able. Say it to yourself. God is able. He is. God is able. And you have to continue to say it until you believe it. 
You got to declare it until it becomes real to you that in this situation, God is able. Tell your bills, God is able. Tell your sickness, God is able. Tell your children, God is able. Tell your enemies, God is able. Tell anybody who don't believe God is able. And the more you really begin to rehearse that in your spirit, you will have some hope. Hope will just start springing up out of you. And there'll be people that'll look at you and say, how come you're not sad about this? How come you're not frustrated about it? And you'll be able to say this because I know that God is able. Notice what it says in Ephesians chapter three, verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So here's the reality. Do you have power working in you? Do you? Do you really have power working in you? If so, you already have hope working in you. If you don't know if you got power or faith to believe working in you, then this is why you don't have any hope. Right. So we're trying to help you to find where you are in this situation. But the word of God is telling you the outcome. God is able to do, not you able to do. God in you is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above whatever you ask or even think. But it's according to this power that's working in you. And if you've got the power of God working in you, God ought to talk to you every now and again and say, why are you so sad? Why are you so frustrated? Don't you know that I'm living inside of you? Have you ever considered if God is really in you, why would he want to go down? Why would he want to be discouraged or sad? Why would the trick of the enemy is to tell you God is not around? God is not in you. He's far from you. And the moment you believe that lie, then there's a bunch of other lies the enemy going to tell you. But I want you to know today, man, and be encouraged no matter where you are, that there's a gang of hope for you. If you know, again, I hate to be redundant, but if you know that God lives inside of you, God is not going to go down in the ship. That's what the disciples thought. They said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And they didn't even understand and realize and get a revelation of uh, the Lord is on the boat with you. If he go down, you going down too. So the mere fact that he is on the boat with me, I am assured to go to the other side. You going to make it because the Lord is with you. Declare it to yourself. The Lord is with you today. Point number four, God is always faithful. In other words, God will never disappoint you and he's loyal and steadfast. That's powerful. God will never disappoint you. He's loyal and steadfast. When I talk to people, they're always looking for people to be loyal to them. And I understand it. I agree wholeheartedly. We want loyal people around us. But again, I want you to know if you can't find anybody faithful, if you can't find anybody loyal, anybody that you can trust, I want you to know you can trust and depend on God. You can. There's not a friend, the songwriter said, like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. It is so true. He will stick closer to you than any brother. You know, people, they love to say how close they are to somebody. 
only until something happens and then they run in the other direction and act like they don't know them. God is the only one I know that will stick with you, who will stay with you, who will never leave you nor forsake you. His word says it. You can depend on it. And if that's true, and it is, why are we so frustrated when people leave? And he said, I'm going to stay. As far as I'm concerned, let everybody else go. I just need God to stay with me because if he is with me, he will give me encouragement. He will give me faith to hold on and trust and believe this too shall pass. It's just a light thing. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Did you hear that? If we are faithless without faith, he remains faithful. So here's the reality that God is saying that even if you faithless, I'm not going to do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. See, God's faith or him being faithful to you is not predicated on you being faithful to him. Because if that's the case, most of us would never get any help. But God is saying to us that when we are faithless, when we don't do what we say we're going to do, you know, we like to say a lot of things that we're going to do. We're going to commit to this and commit to that. And, you know, we never do what we say we're going to do. But God is saying, I'm going to do whatever I say I'm going to do. And here's a B clause of this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 13. For he cannot deny himself. <laughs> That's why God says I'm going to be faithful because I can't deny myself. I would never do something I say I can't do because if that's the case, I'm denying myself. And God says, I will never be denied. Look at Lamentations 3, chapter 3, starting at verse number 22 and concluding at verse number 23. It says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God's mercies, his loving kindness towards me, his compassions towards me, they never fail. They are new every morning. So if you got up this morning, you got something new. You got new mercies. You got new compassions. You got new love surrounding you the moment you got up today because great is his faithfulness unto us. That gives you hope that things are going to get better. These are the promises in the word of God that unfortunately many believers don't know. And that is the number one reason why you may not have any hope because maybe you don't read your Bible. But if you read your Bible and you know God cannot lie, even when you are being deceived, something will turn over and you quick and say, no, no, I'm going to make it to the other side. No, victory is mine. No, I'm going to get to the mountain and I'm going to stay there. No, these bills are going to get paid off and I'm going to live debt free. No, I'm going to get into the house. No, I'm going to start the business. Whatever the enemy tries to say to you that's not going to happen, you got to turn it around on him really quick and say, no, I have hope. Why? I got hope because God's word says this is what it's going to be. You never have to figure out the outcome once the word tells you what it's going to be. You don't even have to pray for it. All you need to do is believe it, receive it, and know God in you 
is going to cause that thing to come to pass. And the hope in the word of God will hold you. It will encourage you. It'll build you up. It'll set you up. It'll push you to the next level. I'm telling you, I'm excited just thinking about things in my life that I thought that wasn't going to turn around for me. And I had to remember and remind myself and even preach to myself that I've got hope inside of me because I got God inside of me. Finally, point number five, hope is an anchor for your soul. Once again, hope is an anchor for your soul. When we say soul, what are we talking about? Your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions. And we got to roll this around in our thought life every day and twice, maybe three times on Sunday. Because again, the enemy, when he tries to trick us, he wants to trick our soul life, our mind. He wants to get our mind confused and get us all emotional about certain things. He wants to get your intellect all bothered by stuff that you know God has spoken to your soul and said to you, you coming out. But this gray area here where many times if we don't really believe the word of God, again, the enemy can deceive us. But I want you to know God is an anchor for your soul. He will anchor your mind. He will anchor your intellect. He will anchor you every day so that you're not going up and down. So you're not just in and out. So everything is not a 20 on a scale of one to 20. Everything's above that with you. You got to calm down, man, and know that God is with you everywhere you go. God is with you. Hebrews chapter six, starting at verse number 19 and concluding at verse number 20. Notice what the word says. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus who went before us has entered on our behalf. He has become a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Do you understand the power of this scripture? Notice again, we have this hope and it is an anchor for the soul and it's firm and it's secure and it enters in the inner sanctuary. That's Jesus behind the curtain who's offering the sacrifice who went before us. That's what he did. And he has entered on our behalf and he's become a high priest forever. My high priest is Jesus. And he's already gone in before me and he's already prepared the way and he already has the blueprint and he already knows the terrain and the topography. He already knows the challenges. And because he knows that he already set this thing in motion, all I need to do is trust the process and not give up on God and say the word didn't work. God don't love me when trials and tribulations happen. Y'all know how we do when things happen that we don't like. Our mouth gets us in trouble. But I want you to control yourself and know that the hope in his word is an anchor for your soul. Every ship has an anchor. If you ever been on a cruise before, they got that big two-ton ship with all those people on there. And when they dock, they got to let down that anchor. That anchor is so powerful because if it don't let it down, you can't get off the ship because it's rocking, it's reeling, it's not safe. And God is saying, you are safe because I'm your anchor. 
You are safe because you're firmly planted, rooted in me. You're safe because of what I did for you over 2,000 years ago. You are safe because I died on the cross for you. I got everything figured out. I know everything that's going to happen. And God says you're going to make it to the other side and everything is going to be all right. There, the late, great Douglas Miller, he wrote this song. And I want to end here. And this song is called Anchored in the Lord. And I just want to give you just one little sentence of this uh, verse of song. It says, though the storms keep on raging in my life and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, still that hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon that distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't cease and if the winds keep on blowing in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. What I love about this song is if the winds, if the storms, if things don't change, I want you to know that my soul has been anchored in the Lord. But the reality is we know it's going to change. But even while you're going through it and it seems like things are not going to turn around for you, what I want you to know is the turnaround is in the anchor. The turnaround is in what God said he would be to you. The turnaround is what he said he would do for you. I want you to be encouraged today because there is power in this word called hope. And I want you to begin to hope again. I want you to begin to have that feeling of expectation and the same desire you had 90 days ago, two years ago, when hope ran out the back door. I want you to know that you can grab hold to the anchor of his word and allow what he said to you to come back into your heart again and revitalize you and cheer you up. Dry your tears, stick your chest out, man. You going to the other side. It may not look like it and it may not even feel like it, but we've got to get out of that realm and get in the realm of the spirit when we know it is already done. And when we know that, we can have hope and we can keep hope alive. And when we do this, I'm telling you, things are going to turn around for you. But that's all that I wanted to share for you. I pray that this blessed you. If it did, I want you to email me right now today. Email me at info at thomasadeloach.com and drop me a line and let me know that these shows are blessing you. I want you to consider going to the website and becoming a financial partner with me. You can go to www.thomasadeloach.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen and you'll see a donation tab. I want you to consider doing this because I want to put some other shows together and some other things together and it does take money to do it. But if you are being blessed and you want to be a blessing and you really feel called to sow any amount that you want to sow, everything that you give will go towards helping me to empower you and putting things together to bless other people. Once again, www.thomasadeloach.com. Go there today. Listen, I'm praying for you. I want you to keep hope alive. That's all you need. You just need some hope that things are going to turn around for you. It will because God's word says so. God bless you and peace to the family.
thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.